Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the BU Fitness Podcast. I'm Sean Pruce, a lead fitness faculty at Bryan University. In today's episode, Kyle and I will be interviewing Jonathan Young. Jonathan is the longest tenured faculty at Brown University and someone Kyle and I consider to be perhaps maybe the most fit faculty we have mm. on staff as well. Before we get to Jonathan and I'll, I will talk about his background, I first want to bring in the co-host of the BU Fitness Podcast, fellow fitness faculty member and the man who is known for having the enthusiasm of a rock, Kyle Thompson. Oh, that is me. That is me. <laughs> enthusiasm as the rock or no, a oh, rock? No, a rock. Oh, well, I'll take either. So, welcome, guys. Kyle, how do you feel about our second interview with a former male cheerleader? I feel, <laughs> um, I feel like this is turning into the BU cheerleading podcast, which is fine, mm -hmm. which Go is fine. Um, you know, a lot of enthusiasm, which is good for me because I, I apparently don't have any. So uh, not apparently you don't. Okay, well, so. whatever. So we're averaging a male cheerleader every four episodes, considering we did two episodes of James. That's true. Yeah. And what we only have like three episodes total. So yeah, that's concerning. <laughs> that is concerning. Speaking um, of male cheerleaders, today we are interviewing Jonathan Young. As I mentioned, Jonathan Young is actually the longest tenured fitness faculty at Brown University. He is in a certified strength and conditioning coach through NSCA. He's a certified personal trainer through ACSM. He is a level one CrossFit coach. He is a USAW level one certified weightlifting coach. He has nine plus years of college teaching. He has 18 plus years of personal training experience. He's essentially a rookie to the field. He has over 700 hours of group exercise experience. Jonathan Young, welcome. Well, thank you, thank you. That's a nice introduction. <clears throat> I'm gonna feel like I'm like second only to like Thomas Plummer in the field here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello guys, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I hope he listens to this. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, by the way, Jonathan is also has a Bachelor's of Science in Exercise Science, uh, Health and Wellness through BYU, and a Master's in Exercise and Sports Studies through Boise State. I didn't want to leave that out. Jonathan, I wanted to start this conversation off by saying, in case people who are listening don't know this, you actually hired Kyle and me. How much of a regret is that now? <laughs> oh, that's right, you do. Yeah. That's right. Poor yeah, guy. you owe me big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, I have to say that you guys did that all on your own steam. I mean, I was um, impartial in my hiring, and you guys impressed me the most. So you guys well deserved on your hire. So thank you. Was yeah. it my Lotes and Sean's? Uh, <laughs> there you go. Being the oldest person to apply yeah. for the job. It, it was the partially unshaven beard that, mm. that got him mm. there. Mm. That happens. I did. You know, I shaved before my interview. <laughs> I, I knew for sure I shaved. I did. Or I remember nice you mentioning in your interview that you're like, well, I want this job, but, uh, you know, um, the other option that I have is to sell cars. <laughs> you didn't seem too thrilled about doing that. <laughs> no. Is that really what you said? I, re I remember uh, Probably, that. yeah. yeah. Um, it was... It wasn't looking too too hot for me. And actually, I do, you know, you say that we, we owe you, but I do feel like I, I owe you to an extent because if I wouldn't have gotten this job, I probably wouldn't be in the field anymore. I probably, I hopefully not selling cars. Maybe I would be. I don't know. Um, but I, I think I would have changed careers at that point because I was unemployed at the time. Well, I was working at a property management place, so pretty much unemployed um, <laughs> and just not really liking what I was doing. So uh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, well, you're welcome. I mean, again, all on your own steam. I mean, Kyle started out as a grader um, to help, you know, faculty with the, the grading load, and you just moved yourself up. You moved yourself up to faculty. You moved yourself up to master's degree in the field. I mean, you've just been, um, you know, amazing. All with the so, enthusiasm of a rock. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not bad. <laughs> it's an interesting <laughs> fork in the road, though. I, I've actually had this discussion recently in one of the classes we were talking about life-changing decisions when you have a, a pivotal decision and if you you're in your past and you look back and if you made the other choice maybe you would have 
be living in a different city, you'd be in a different field, who knows what would have happened. I did not know that, actually, so uh, I'm glad you, you know, everything worked out. Yeah. You didn't know that? No. I thought I told you that. Well, now you know. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, I definitely see it as a used car salesman. Is that what you were thinking? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. John, you have this, this huge wealth of experience. I figured to start off, you can just take us through your career. So what can you provide an overview of your experiences and career in fitness? Yeah, so if you wanted me to start at the beginning, I thought we only had like a 45-minute session on this. That's so, okay. No, I mean, if we have to have three hours, <laughs> it's fine. It's going to say. The people who listen to this clearly so have no life ago. if they choose to yeah. <laughs> Where do you want me to start? I've got to teach tomorrow morning. That's, that's what I got. <laughs> um, well, actually, you know, and, and this is a little bit focused towards some of the students that are in the field that are, you know, either beginning their careers or they're new in their careers in the field. Um, uh, for me, um, I actually did all my general education um, un, uh, you know, without a without a major, undeclared major, and uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed you know college. Again, you know, I was a cheerleader, a competitive cheerleader. Yes, and uh, it um, got me a scholarship to University of Hawaii, and that was an amazing experience. And I got to rub shoulders with a lot of the you know great athletes that are that are going to UH playing football and basketball and volleyball and meeting some of the athletic trainers in there. So um, I got kind of exposed to the field of fitness that way through through sports and and such and. Uh, yeah, I ended up completing a bachelor's degree in exercise science at BYU Hawaii campus, which is on the North Shore, you know, uh -huh. near the pipeline where everybody likes to likes to surf and that. And uh, yeah, I I just realized, you know, that I could have saved myself a whole bunch of time in college, being undeclared, just by realizing that we need to do what we love. And I just kind of gravitated into the field of exercise science because I realized, well, this is what I like to do. I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I don't know how much money I'm going to make, but at least I'm going to graduate with a degree that I like and enjoy. And so, you know, that's kind of, you know, how my, my footsteps, first footsteps began in the, the fitness industry. And then getting into, you leave college, where did you start off in your professional career? Yeah, so um, I actually started in the fitness industry um, when I was doing my, uh, well, shortly after I graduated from my Bachelor's of Science um, there in Hawaii, I started to work for the YMCA in their fitness department there and loved it. Um, in fact, I, I encourage um, a lot of students in my classes to take a look at what their local YMCA's are doing because um, if you're wanting to get your feet wet and you, you know get your foot in the door as a as a trainer, the YMCA is a really great opportunity to do that because they're very very people focused, especially on the the lower end, you know, um, of uh, you know the uh, the people that are well, I shouldn't say the lower end, but the 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 employees that are really, really interacting with the memberships there at the YMCA. I mean, they say their, their motto there is cleanliness and friendliness keep their gyms running. And it's true. I mean, you can have the oldest equipment in the world, but if it's clean, we're good to go. You know? Yes. So, yeah, so YMCA. And uh, then I, you know, um, went over to the mainland and, and did some, some uh, my master's degree at Boise State University. And while I was there, I, I worked in the rec center as a, as a trainer and thoroughly enjoyed that experience. And then I got a job offer as the health and fitness director and outdoor programs director for the YMCA in Idaho Falls, Idaho, which was a really great opportunity. Um, and super fun, but I was wearing 40 hats, you know, and uh, um, I think that's what a lot of people in the fitness industry realize, especially if they get involved with like a nonprofit organization, you're wearing several hats. So I was the residency camp director 
and I was in charge of hiring camp cooks and certifying lifeguards and as well as certifying group trainers, like the group exercise trainers and leasing the equipment for our gym and <laughs> certifying the personal trainers. And then I had to run this Christmas tree lot, you know, on the day of Thanksgiving, <laughs> I had to open this thing in what? the middle of the cold, sell these Christmas trees oh so God. we could keep our residency camp going. <laughs> You know, I ran the skiing and snowboarding program. I was doing all these things for the YMCA in addition to fitness. And, you know, fitness kind of falls under the umbrella, as they say, of, uh, of leisure sciences. Yes. So, um, yeah, so that was my, you know, kind of my first real professional, you know, aspect in the, in the fitness field. And you did, you were a YMCA director for four years? Yeah. Yeah, for a little over four years, and uh, I really loved the job. Uh, however, I would recommend for people, if they're thinking about doing a career with the YMCA, make sure that they have a really good rapport with the CEO and the board of directors. And then, you know, if they have a really good CEO and board of directors, then that can be a really, really fun career. Um, otherwise, sometimes it gets a little political, you know. Yeah. Um, plus and minuses with every job. So after the YMCA, where'd you go? Yeah. Um, so YMCA uh, got done with that. I graduated with my master's degree, and um, I started working for this um, commercial gym called Apple Athletics there in Idaho Falls. And I mean, at the time, everybody just knew, hey, if you were serious about fitness, then you would go to Apple Athletic. And okay. um, they, you know, their memberships were really expensive. They had an amazing sales team, an amazing sales team. They could get people signed up for training, for, you know, executive memberships, and you know, they did really, really well with that. And that's kind of where I got exposed to how a top-notch gym is really run. In fact, even as I go, even though it's been years since I've worked there, I'll go back to their website. I'll, you know, the same staff are there. They're happily employed there. They're enjoying what they're doing. Very and cool. they're still doing a top-notch job of running the gym. And so I'll use the Apple Athletic as, a, as an example in a lot of my classes on what you're looking for as far as a good career in the fitness industry. So and this is a gym in Idaho? This is a gym in Idaho. Okay. Yeah, in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Yeah, right next to this uh, you know, town called Cow Pie High. And, uh, Is that really a town? No, no, God. no not, not really. At least, gentlemen, welcome to Jonathan's John humor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cow pie high. That's uh, good. It, yeah. It's, well. So, uh, go ahead. You, uh, you were saying, and then after, uh, is it? You said Apple Athletic. Apple Athletic. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah. then where? <clears throat> Yeah, so I worked at Apple Athletic and did a lot of commission sales training there and worked my way up in the, in the ranks, uh, you know, uh, to a level three trainer there. And then I got a job offer in Arizona to, um, to be, uh, um, you know, to teach some classes as an adjunct professor. And that sounded really exciting to me. And uh, um, I came down came down here to Arizona to teach. Actually, let me interject an interesting fact here on this. Yeah. It wasn't the teaching position that brought me down to Arizona. It was a job offer to work at an HCG clinic. Oh, interesting. Oh, I think you told me this yes. one Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, for you know, HCG stands for Human Chorionic Gonadotrophin, and there's a lot of HCG clinics that are especially were in Arizona, not so much anymore, for weight loss. Yes. So, I mean, this is a bogus thing. I mean, they've done double-blind <laughs> studies on the fact that HCG does not work. It's the 500-calorie-a-day <laughs> diet yes. that they go on and, and that. But anyway, I was to shadow this one guy who called himself an exercise physiologist, and he got his, his degree from a shady place, and he was, you know, <laughs> he was taking stuff. He was dealing stuff. He was, he had, oh, he, I, I was sitting in the room when he prescribed a guy, and this is an extra exercise physiologist, right? And Kyle's like, what? He's not an endocrinologist? Because he was pro provide, or prescribing human growth yeah. hormone and oh, testosterone geez. to people who are interested in weight loss. 
And, you know, people who only needed to lose like 15 pounds, they're getting all on these, you know, anabolics to, to lose weight with the HCG, very expensive. And they offered me a lot of money to work at that clinic, but I just couldn't ethically do that. that. <laughs> how is that even like a legitimately run business? I mean, how, how does that person get a hold of testosterone and HGH and actually distribute that? Well, they, okay, so, so they do have doctors at that clinic. I mean, that uh, clinic is still uh, running today. Okay. But he's kind of behind the scenes doing consulting and you gotcha. know suggesting all this stuff and then they go to the doctors and like this guy needs some HCG. This guy needs some, you know, human growth hormone. And I heard him say, you know, and I haven't been on growth hormone myself for a while, so I want to go ahead and order myself some while I order you some, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> it blew my mind, and um, you know, Terrible. going down so to how this. How long did you work there? Yes, <laughs> or did you I work didn't. There? I didn't. Oh, I did the two-week okay. shadowing thing, and just got scared. You know, um, took your growth hormone and left. And it kind of it, it kind of <laughs> shook my confidence a little bit because. You know, they were advertising themselves as a weight loss clinic, asking me to come down as a trainer and help consult people through the weight loss process and do some of the outpatient programs mm. for their weight loss program. And then when I get here to Arizona, they're saying, well, yeah, they're doing HCG. And so I go and I dive into the peer-reviewed research and I'm like, this is all bogus. And why hadn't I heard of HCG in my bachelor's or master's degree? Yeah. It's because it's all bogus. They didn't really, they didn't give it any thought. But, um, you know, maybe a mention of it here and there because, you know, people yeah, are making lots loss. of money off of it. I had a client, and this is 2009, I had a client who was on the HCG diet. An HCG diet, and please correct me if this is incorrect, but essentially people are taking this, uh, taking HCG, it's supposed to help maintain lean mass while they go on a minimal, it ends up being like a 500 calorie diet for, my client was on it for something like 40 something consecutive days, 43 maybe. Mm. And then he lost a ton of weight during that time, of course. We still strength trained, but the, we cut the sessions down to, I mean, he was doing literally four or five exercises, maybe I would say on average four exercises a session. Lost a ton of weight, uh, ended up getting it all back after going off the diet, probably not surprising, but is that uh, right. is that an accurate representation? It's taking HCG and then also uh, the minimal calorie diet for many weeks. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of the original researcher that did this. I think his name was Simeon, Doctor Simeon, right. back in the 1960s. He hypothesized that HCG, which is a pregnancy hormone yes. that mom makes when she's pregnant. And he hypothesized that if he inject that, it was injecting that into some of his morbidly obese patients, people who are on death row for obesity, um, pump that stuff into them and put them on a drastically carbohydrate reduced calorie diet, right? Car so proteins and fats, 500 calories max on a regular basis. The hormone would kick in and say, okay, my body is pregnant, even for males, right? You know, my body's pregnant and I've got to keep baby alive so it will just eat through all fat reservations. So it'll, you'll burn a bunch of fat. Ah. And that was his theory. And he realized, hey, it doesn't work. So <laughs> he threw it out, but somehow it just resurfaced. Somebody found it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they use HCG, like even in like males with like testosterone replacement therapy to try to keep natural testosterone production, um, I guess, to, to try to keep it, I mean, it's still gonna be suppressed whenever you take TRT, but if you can have the HCG, it will, um, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but it, it'll keep your body producing testosterone a little bit, so you won't have a complete 100% shutdown of, of natural testosterone production. Uh, I, think it may act it'll in you know what? I haven't read up on this for a while so I think it does have influence on other hormones as well and maybe that's what other people were thinking or they're just like well let's just hmm, 500 calorie diet and then so in something else <laughs> uh, which doesn't sound like a bad idea I mean maybe we can just develop some kind of saline that we inject into people and then uh, call it call that's it a good go. idea yeah and then oh and then while you're doing this uh, don't eat yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't eat, eat. <laughs> eat 500 calories a day for a while, no but donuts. it's mainly the sale, I mean, the, the special solution. If you think about it, like, because if it's 500 calories, I mean, that's, you know, you got four calories per gram of protein, like you're getting 125 calories, or 125 grams of, of protein. That's, 
that's insane. Like that's not going to support really anyone, especially in a caloric deficit. Oh, I won't go any further. Sorry, um, <laughs> but yeah. It, just want to hit yourself in the face when you hear about this stuff. Yes. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's like it's just like you guys have said. It's not a sustainable thing to be on a 500 calorie diet on a daily basis. So no. as soon as you go off the HCG, you gain all this weight back because you're off the diet, and then you're thinking, oh, I need HCG again. So they got a good repeat yeah. business going on. Yeah, it's a scam. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, don't forget about all the metabolic damage you just did from the chronic. Exactly, your metabolism decreases more than your body weight loss. If you Which, lose 20% of your body weight, your metabolism might slow down 25%. There's research showing that that, that may never recover. Yes, I, I've is, seen the same thing. Which is pretty sad, which then kind of throws out all the other equations that you can use to calculate caloric usage. Yeah. Um, that was a huge eye-opener for me in the industry. It really was. And so I went to some of the community colleges that were local here and ended up um, teaching for a bunch of them. <laughs> in fact, there was a point in time where I was teaching 27 credits between three different wow. colleges. I was working for Australia Mountain Community College, Mesa Community College, and Scottsdale Community College, and none of them cross-talked, so none of them knew. <laughs> That you I were was teaching, teaching all these classes. <laughs> By the way, there are bans on this now, so yeah. if you're you listening, you're yeah, like, you yeah, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't teach at a bunch of community colleges now. Yeah. Unfortunately. And I did a lot of work for them in the gym and in their human performance lab and that. And so... Scottsdale? Um, yeah, yeah, in Scottsdale specifically. That, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and then Bryan University uh, was looking to open the Tempe ta campus and they contacted some of the program directors that were here in the Valley and said, hey, we're looking for, you know, people to, to come teach in their program. And that's how I ended up um, working for Bryan University. So, wow. yeah. So out of all those <laughs> that, uh, plethora of experiences, which one did you like the most? Wow, so which one did I Every like? Every fitness room. Ryan University. Uh, <laughs> teaching, group exercise, CrossFit, everything. Oh, yeah. Um, well, right now, I'd have to say what I'm doing right now is what I kind of love oh, sure, the most. sure, job security, I get it. Because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our boss is amazing. <laughs> Our boss is the best. Um, but I'm also doing, um, I'm coaching some CrossFit, and I really have drank the Kool-Aid on CrossFit. I really, really enjoy that. And uh, the, the thing that really, um, and when I was at my level one um, training program for CrossFit, there was a couple girls that were there and they said, I don't care about clean and jerks and I don't care about snatches. And the other one was chiming in, yeah, I hate those, but we can't stop coming to CrossFit because the people here are so awesome and <laughs> it's cool. so much more fun. It's hard to go into the gym and do a regular workout now because you've got all of your buds that are throwing down you know, in the CrossFit gym, knuckle bumping and high fiving. And, and uh, that's really what it's like. So um, it's a cool environment. It it really is. So so I'm enjoying that. But I would have to say that you know the working for the YMCA, doing among all the hats and all the hours, I was working like 60 hours a week <laughs> for like 30,000 a year. So oh. it was not enough money no. and way way too much work. But man, the the job was really really fun, and the people that you got to work with at the YMCA were were awesome. So, um, yeah, I would have to say that the YMCA can be a really good stepping stone into the industry. Not going to make 60000 a year, but, uh, mm. yeah. On the other side, now obviously there are people listening to us who are, who are students and there are people who are new fitness professionals. I, I like this kind of question, cause, and, and the previous question, because it provides some insights into potential options and whether they should or shouldn't go for it. So with that in mind, what fitness role did you have? What career role did you have that you liked the least or did not uh, or disliked the most in your whole career? Uh, did I dislike? Yeah, the, the one most? that you found least enjoyable. HCG would... clinic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of freaked me out. That was like a, that was a scary experience. Um, I would have to say that you kind of—I I, kind of have a love and hate relationship with sales. Mm -hmm. So when I started at working at Apple Athletic, um, Robbie Denning sat me down and, for this interview, and he said, "So what is the most important thing for a for a trainer? What's the most important task?" 
and I said developing a good relationship with your clients. Good answer. And uh, Solid. <laughs> yeah, and, and he said, yeah, that's a great answer, second to sales. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's you know I think it's I I hate the idea of being the shark in the gym. Mm -hmm. Everybody's doing a workout. A lot of people are not gurus of fitness. So they're in the gym. There's a certain level of discomfort or insecurity that people have. And yet you're walking up to them and saying, hey, you might be doing this kind of wrong. That could hurt your back. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe you should hire me as a trainer, mm -hmm. you know? And they kind of encourage you to solicit sales as a trainer there because there's some dead space hours a lot of students don't realize when you start as a trainer. You might have a solid Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6 a.m., but then not have anybody for 7 or 8 a.m. time slot, but then have a client at 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. So what are you supposed to do during those two hours? I mean, you can only work out so much for so long. Right, and then you're like bored to death. So they say, well, make yourself useful and go and solicit sales as a trainer. And for me, I've been there, done that, hated it, right? Because what you end up doing is pissing off 99 people for every one person that you get to come train it's, with you. Yeah, it's, it's you know? rough. And, and people just steer clear of you when they see you coming down the, you know, you know, on the gym floor. And so what I found works really, really good to circumvent that is instead of asking people if they want to train with you, just say hello to them every time you see them. Find something positive to say that you're observing about them and try and learn their names. They know you're a trainer, right? You don't have to tell them that. They know that you're for, you're for hire, you know? So yes. it goes back to your building rapport. <laughs> answer essentially exactly so, so maybe what was the guy's name <laughs> Robbie Danny yeah Robbie maybe we should just build rapport first and then we can get the sale let's go uh, find Robbie and go yeah. punch him in the face we should <laughs> no he's a great guy he's but, a great guy you know I, I think that that goes yeah I think that's a really good good point to make because that's something that I too hated doing like going up like hey you're squatting wrong hire me because I know how to do it like well, okay fine dude I don't really want to hire you because one, you told me I'm doing something wrong and now you're trying to get money from me. Like that's just a horrible, horrible way to go about it. Um, it's, yeah, I think once you build that rapport, it, it makes a huge difference. I if, I think, could, if I could just interject yeah, sure, on this sure. too, um, and this is kind of going into probably some other stuff too that we'll talk about, but um, one of the things that I recommend students to do instead of being the shark in the gym, as I call it, um, is to teach a group exercise class because everybody gets to know you in the gym yes. super super fast and I think when we're asking what was my worst role in fitness is it took me a solid year to get a good clientele where I feel like okay now I'm making a living and mm -hmm. that sucked I that love sucked. training I love people on I love my clients I love people on the gym floor but getting enough clients and not having to work those horrible hours um, yeah. in order to get those clients, that sucked. And what I realized is that I could have circumvented all of that just by teaching some of the group exercise classes at the gym. And I'd noticed later on that some of the best group exercise instructors that were teaching at that gym had private clients, people coming up to them and saying, mm -hmm. hey, I know I can get results because I know how you're dynamic. You're a great coach. I can get along with your personality. I know who you are. I feel confident working with you. And that's really what a lot of clients really need to feel is they need to feel that confidence that they can get results with you. I mean, most people decline training with a trainer because of fear of risk. Yeah, well, why would you want to yeah. pay some, some jack dude a bunch of money to, you know, tell you something you can see on YouTube? And exactly. It's, it's like, not good. Like, especially, I don't want to pay that money. Especially <laughs> if they're slithering around in the gym saying, yeah, exactly. hey, you want to train with me? <laughs> it, no, it's true. And uh, here's a question. Uh, do, do you see that a lot in, like, in, your, in your CrossFit gym? Because I feel like the one that I go to, our coaches, you know, some of them have one-on-one -on -one training, but I, I feel like it's in their members from the class. So I think it's more that you know they see how they interact with people. And they're like, all right, you know what? I actually want to learn from you rather than you're just some person who's really fit and talks about stuff. Um, 
Absolutely, absolutely. Like right from the very first time, I first few sessions that I started coaching CrossFit, I had three people come up to me that wanted to do private sessions oh, and awesome. consults and food log, calorie deficit stuff, uh, losing weight. Um, yeah, right away, right out of the get-go. I love the ideas. One, in just going around and introducing yourself to people, talking to people, learning their name and learning about them and just talking to them if you're a trainer roaming the gym floor. It, it, that approach versus the every interaction has got to lead to a transaction. Uh, the first approach that you suggested, it allows people to be themselves. Your personality, I, you know, we've worked together for five plus years. You're, you don't, you're not a person that is going to go up and be a, um, is going to make a hard sell. And so it's not my personality either. I think that it, it allows people to be themselves. Mm -hmm. And the, the whole group exercise dynamic, you're getting people in an environment that isn't, it's it's not threat. It's not like there's no agenda. It's non-threatening. You don't mm -hmm. walk into a group exercise and you're like, oh, I want this person's class, but I I don't want them to harass me about personal training sales. That's not group exercise. You're just there. You work yeah. out. You talk to the instructor. You develop a bond, and then hopefully at some point, as you're saying, Jonathan, you like them so much that you want to see more of them, and you know they can kind of. It could be known that the group exercise instructor is also a personal trainer. You know, people can find sure, that. You yeah. don't actually have to deliberately say it and then eventually they know that it's kind of sitting in the back of their head and when they one develop such a great bond with the person the instructor and two they're also ready if you think about the whole trans theoretical model and people's the concept of people yeah. not being ready at some points and then eventually becoming ready when they become ready they're going to want to go to someone they like with someone they've talked to on the gym floor or it's that great exactly. friendly group exercise instructor that they've been going to classes which with which is much better than just you know picking a trainer out of the lineup you're like all right uh, let's go with this guy yeah or this girl yeah i mean you really don't know it, what you're getting if it, you're doing it that way yeah because if you do that it's well it's it's almost like going uh going to a car lot you go in there and it's, it's a shark type environment if you ever pull into like a chevrolet dealership like you pull up and there's like three of them on you trying to sell you like the the next corvette or a truck or something like that and it's that's not a very inviting environment no you know, I don't want to buy a car if you're sitting here telling me how I should buy this car. Like, I'd much rather buy the car on my own terms. And if you do that in personal training, especially with something, you know, a car is a necessity in life. Personal training isn't a necessity at all. I mean, so yeah, if you're gonna be pushy about it, I'm not gonna buy it. I do think sales is in, in personal training, in an environment where you're with a captive, uh, group of prospects, like an op a, a big gym, I do think personal training sales is a lot more about building relationships and then letting the client get to the point when they're ready as opposed to trying to make the, the quicker transaction. So it's build a relationship, mm -hmm. eventually a person becomes ready, and when they do, they're going to buy training with the person that they, the, the trainer that they know and like. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it kind of leads us in, nice, nice little lead into our next question, which is in terms of coaching and programming uh, classes, what advice do you have for like a group exercise instructor? Yeah, so um, for a group exercise instructor, well, so I think, you know, a lot of these, and when we're talking about not being the shark in the gym and getting clients through teaching a group exercise class, I really think that um, you know the group exercise instructor also builds on your dynamic as a coach so you get really really comfortable being a people person and talking with people making things energetic making things fun and uh, you know that kinda I mean when you're teaching a group exercise class you're not necessarily asking a person to lose a bunch of weight maybe that's why they're there but you're not responsible for that you're responsible for kicking their butt when they go in there, have them crawl back to their car when they're finished with you and, you know, feel good about that, right? So, um, in fact, a lot of group exercise instructors that, um, that I've talked to got to be a group exercise instructor the same way I did. They attended a boot camp class or a spinning class or whatever the class may be, and they just attended it with enough frequency where they started to think, hey, you know, <clears throat> 
If that instructor wanted to go on vacation, I bet you I could sub that class. I bet you I could teach one or two of those classes and do an okay job. And when you feel like you've got the, that courage, you know, you go for it. And, um, you know, so I would definitely recommend for people, you know, um, getting into the industry to be not only involved with the idea of doing private sessions and group sessions, but also doing group exercise. And I think, you know, for me, having not very good coordination to teach something like step aerobics, <laughs> I can't keep a 32 count to save my life, um, I would do something like a boot camp or a spinning class, which are much easier to, much easier to teach and very popular right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those group exercise classes lead into the dynamic of private session training and uh, group trainings. Um, which are very financially lucrative and you can spread yourself out there, you know. Yeah. Good advice. So so teach different types of classes and take other people's classes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Now considering obviously our students are, are mostly aspiring trainers and some are in the field and then there's obviously people listening who could be trainers now. Uh, what advice do you have for people who are going into personal training or new to the personal training field? What advice do you have for personal trainers? Yeah, so um, what I would do is I would get in the front door of a gym any way possible. You know, um, some people feel like, hey, I'm not doing a good job beginning my training career, um, you know, as a coach or as a trainer because I'm working the front desk at 24 Hour Fitness. Well, I mean, one of the biggest, one of the, I think the biggest impediments that a lot of our online students have is they're afraid to talk to people. Yeah. You know, you're, if you're at the front desk, yeah. you're getting to know everybody in the gym. Yes. You can work on getting to know their names. You can talk to them. You can ask them how their day was. And Dude. that you, you could, that's another thing that you can build on. Mm -hmm. Right. It's probably going to get you a free membership to doing all sorts of stuff in the gym. You can be taking some of those group exercise classes and get your foot in the door. You know, um, even if you go into a particular gym and you just say, hey, you know, I'm a student of exercise science. I want to be here. This is this is my place. This is like my I love to be here. Can I mop the floors? Can I take out the garbage? <laughs> I mean, true. can I volunteer? Um, there's very few people that I know of that have started out as volunteers that have not been offered a job, you know, in those types mm -hmm. of circumstances, self-included. Myself too, yeah. Yeah. I started as an assistant trainer to my the, the first and only personal trainer I hired. So that's just kind of how I worked up. I hired him, and then eventually he's like, "Hey, would you like to train?" And I learn more and learn more. So yeah, um, you got to start somewhere. You, you can't expect to go, you know, train at some top end gym with your certification making a hundred dollars an hour. Then you know you're driving a Lamborghini in two years or something. That that, that doesn't happen. You have to. It, it's a grind. Um, yeah. But I think getting your foot in the door is great advice yes. in any way possible. Sounds like you found a mentor too. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Absolutely. Good catch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I tell some of the students online, I'm like, get your butts in the gym, you know, in any way possible. And I tell them, I say, hey, you know what? I promise you that you're going to have a couple experiences out there that are going to totally suck. Like, they're going to be awful. You're going to be like, oh, man, that was embarrassing, or I wish I had a do-over on that. But what you got to do is you just got to count that as your admission price to having all the incredibly positive experiences that you're going to have in the, the fitness industry. There are going to be so many more positive things that yes. happen. You just get yourself out there and not be, not be scared. Mm -hmm. you know? I would like to note in, in line with this, I actually started as a weight room attendant or the person in the gym spotting and picking up weights. My first two jobs, Gold's Gym, I was a weight room attendant and the front desk associate. And I worked uh, where I went to college in New York, I worked at the local gym and did the same thing. But more importantly, one of our graduates followed this exact model and her career has gone really well. Mindy Patrick, graduated oh, yeah. a few years ago, lives in Michigan. She started out at uh, working at the front desk and then was moved then was moved up to assistant manager and personal trainer once she finished school and then she became the manager and I think she's now the manager of I believe she overlooks three facilities 
and does a little bit of training. So I, I think she's either, she's overlooking clubs for lifetime fitness or anytime fitness, one of those two, I think it's lifetime. But whatever the case is, started out by working the front desk, got promoted and things took off from there. That's fantastic, yeah. You know, and it's, you know, and if you like the fitness environment, you know, you're following your passion. So it's something that you enjoy as well. Mm -hmm. We, uh, I mentioned before, Kyle, I asked Kyle this the other day, Jonathan, and I said, do you think, do you think Jonathan, out of all of us full-time, there's nine of us full-time faculty, and we all sit in the same room, you might see our shenanigans on at BU Fit Fam, uh, Instagram, the jokes we play on each other, and some of the workouts we do together, but I asked Kyle, do you think Jonathan is the most overall fit, uh, the most fit, uh, when you consider overall fitness, out of all of us? Uh, absolutely. I think so. I mean... I'm not sure who would who would rival. I'm not saying that we're all we're all you know sedentary slots here, but Jonathan's <laughs> uh, the the epitome of fitness. It seems. Yes. So we kind of wanted to ask you, what do you? Yeah. Do don't ever forget it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. No. I mean, before you go on, I gotta say I don't necessarily feel that way. I mean, a lot of you guys have your own particular niches that you excel at. Like, I mean, I was excited. I bought a pair of bumper plates. Like, I, I bought a set of bumper plates for my garage gym, and I was telling Kyle, I was like, dude, you've got to get these bumper plates. They're such a great price. And Kyle's like, oh, I don't like bumper plates, Jonathan. I'm like, why the heck not? They're indestructible. You can bang them on the ground. He's like, because I can't fit enough of them on the bar to lift the weight that I need to lift. I'm like, oh, you suck. Yeah. I can't believe <laughs> well, well, Rogue makes the, the thinner bumper place now, so we're in business. <laughs> Kyle, in business. Is, Kyle is the strongest. He and sometimes we've done, we did a group workout. Yeah, well, you are the gorilla for a reason. We did a group workout a couple of weeks ago. Group and warm it's, up. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's funny to see what, like, my weights and Kathy's weights and your weight, just any of our weights, like, compared to Kyle, then Kyle goes, it's like, okay. So he either does hours and he essentially it's easy for him or he puts on like double the weight. So but but anyway, we were going to a question. So oh yes, we were going to a question. <laughs> there what is do you a, do? Yeah, what is your workout routine? Yeah, so um, prior to CrossFit, I was doing, you know, um, gymnastics a couple days a week. So particularly tumbling, really enjoying that. And then doing Olympic weightlifting on the opposing days of, week, of, the week, of the week, and then going into more of like a bodybuilding type of program. And you know, everybody kept on going up to me and saying, well, why don't you CrossFit? So, uh, yeah, why you're, don't you you're CrossFit? kind of describing um, a lot of the attributes of CrossFit right there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so I ended up doing that, and uh, I was worried that um, CrossFit was gonna hurt my back, but um, um, I was, mis I was, uh, that's changed my mind about that. Same here. Um, yeah. You know, being a bodybuilder, powerlifter for so many years, and, and you know, it was kind of just bred into me to hate CrossFit. It didn't really matter why. You, <laughs> you just hate CrossFit. Um, which, by the way, I, I have my level one now, and I, I <laughs> train at a CrossFit gym. So I cross over the dark side, or whatever you want to call by it. By the way, today's episode yeah. is brought to you by CrossFit. CrossFit. <laughs> 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 but, you know... It, if you sit there and look at it objectively and you say, all right, I hear all these bad things about CrossFit and the form and like, you know, everybody's going to blow their back out. And, but like, what if you do this stuff with good form? What's the problem with it? And you really can't find an issue other than I'm not going to be Eddie, uh, Eddie Hall at the deadlift, nor do I freaking want to because that's insane world deadlift. Well, he, I don't know, somebody may have just broken it. Either way, he deadlifts a lot of weight. It's like a thousand, almost 1100 pounds or something like that. Damn. Um, good for the spine. Good for the spine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, essentially. Jonathan, how many days, your current workout routine, how many days are you doing CrossFit, and then what else are you doing besides that? Yeah, I would, I would say about five or six days a week. And, you know, they can't keep me out of the gym. They're like, you should recover. Less is more, Jonathan. I'm like, yeah, but... <laughs> I love but look, the machine. Look what you got on the board there. I can kill it. I want to do this, you know? Yes. And, you know, I don't kill it. Every time I look I on the board, I think I'm going to kill it, and I don't kill it. But yeah. <laughs> I crawl to my car. But I, I, would have to, I would have to say, though, that, you know, having been in the fitness industry and loving fitness all of my life and being 45 years old, I've noticed that 
um, you know, you tend to change directions, you know, as you yes. go through yes. life. You know, I, I, for a while I was into distance running and my benchmark was to run and, and you know, cross a marathon. And I actually, I actually got first place for my age group, even though I was like, 94th person to do the to cross the finish line. It was a marathon? I won wow. a awesome. free mammogram. Because <laughs> good. That's beneficial. Lucrative winnings for a marathon runner. No joke. I won a free mammogram. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, I was doing. You know, I did, I did some marathons there for a while. I was really going active into to judo. I went and got back into gymnastics because I'd never really swung giants on a high bar and I thought I do not want to go through the rest of my life without having that bucket thing off my bucket list you know yes. Wait, you did, did so on a high bar? Giants. giants where you swing all the way around oh gotcha the like, yeah, giants. this is on Jonathan's Instagram account by the way and also on at BU fit fam we have a video or two of Jonathan doing some of his monkey stuff go ahead Jonathan yeah yeah <laughs> cue monkey sound I feel like we can keep going with this. Uh, I'm going to stop us here, though. I did leave out one thing at the top with the introduction. That is that Jonathan's also the inventor of the rig rack. The rig rack, uh, Kyle owns one, and uh, we have both worked on one. Jonathan, would you like to describe what the rig rack is? Sure. It's a portable um, weight rack that is um yeah it's probably the most portable weight rack out there in the industry so it's perfect for a garage gym or you can attach it easily to the hitch of your vehicle if you wanted to pull your stuff out into the driveway and do a workout or pull it out to a park or on the top of a mountain or on a beach no, side <laughs> and uh, it also you know it, it telescopes up to uh you know a pull-up bar and you actually can use your barbell as the pull-up bar so it you know folds up collapses up nice and small so it doesn't take up your entire garage when you're not using it and uh, yeah the idea came to me actually when i was training a rugby player out in the park and i had bumper plates and a bar and a bench and he the guy was kind of like kyle he was just immensely strong and i was sitting there pretty much maxing out my deadlift just trying to lift the bar up onto him so he could do a set of bench press <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm gonna blow my back and kill my client at the same time and I thought I wonder what I could put onto the back of my truck to um, to help this guy go through a strength phase and actually lift the weight that he needs to be lifting and so I, I ended up you know, welding together this piece of equipment that I now call Rig Rack, and uh, you know, it's gone on from from there. And it's been a super fun experience being exposed to the manufacturing side of the fitness industry, and uh, um, how many really cool people there are out there um, that are making fitness equipment. Some of them are really, really successful with it, and uh, going to some of the trade shows and things like that. And the rig rack, correct me if I'm wrong, it's one word and it's spelled as one would think, R-I-G-R-A-C-K. Right. Okay. Yeah. If you want to look more at the rig rack, you can go to rigrack.fit. Rigrack.fit. Rigrack, R-I-G-R-A-C-K dot F-I-T. Yeah. First letter's rig with an R. Um, I made... Rig rack T-shirts, and my wife was out there helping sell rig racks, and you know at these trade shows, and people keep kept on thinking that her shirt said Big Rack, and they were like, "Oh my goodness, she's directing attention to it right there on the T-shirt," and she's like, "No, it's Rig Rack, not Big Rack." So just a note in case anybody couldn't hear me, I didn't. I may have not enunciated well. It's not referring to any specific person. It is, and the first word, the first letter is an R. Rig, rack. Rig, rack. Uh, Jonathan. We don't know where you, big you, rack not fit will take you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but feel free to try that uh, URL Maybe as well. Maybe you should buy that uh, that domain as well, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, in addition to rigrack.fit, is there anywhere you'd like people to find you, to follow you? Uh, would you like to share your social media information? Um, yeah, if they just look up um, um, Jonathan Young on Facebook, um, that's kind of my, I have my coaching Facebook page out there. I've got a lot of students and other, 
you know, people that I've met throughout the years in the industry on that page, and and uh, I'm pretty much only posting and re retagging fitness stuff. So, uh, you know, it's, it might be a good resource just to kind of, you know, keep a pulse check on what people are doing or if you want to network with people who are out in the industry that have been successful with things, it's a really great way that you can, you know, meet people and, and friend them. There's a lot of Bryan University alumni and students that are on that Facebook page and uh, it's not my personal page. I mean, I made... At, you know, that's my personal page. I mean, I got friends on there that knew that I streaked across the football field naked in high school, and I don't want them interacting with my students. And, you know, um, so, <laughs> so oh, this, is a, this is more of a professional um, Facebook page. But uh, Jonathan what, Young. What website? Search Jonathan Young on Facebook. Also, what website should they go to to find the streaking pictures from high school? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, are you related to uh, the biologist named Jonathan Young? He's a pretty well-known biologist. No. No. Actually, I don't know if he's well-known, but he was on a TV show I was watching the other day, 72 Most Dangerous Animals. So. Oh. Did Just you know John Cena? John Cena. You know John Cena, though, right? Uh, for those of you who don't know what Jonathan Young looks like, look at John Cena. Um, <laughs> that's basically it. They, yeah. they look like they're twins. I look like his mini-me in reality, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Slight height difference. Slight, Slight height, height difference. 5'9 or 5'10 like, versus... Yeah, versus 6'5. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, in all seriousness, though, Jonathan, Kyle and I really appreciate you being here, yes. sharing some of your background. You were someone that we've been wanting to have on the podcast. We've talked about it. You've had a wealth of experience in the field. We appreciate you coming on and taking uh, a few minutes to chat with us and share some insights with everyone who's listening. It's been my pleasure. Well, everyone, that wraps up this episode. We'll see you Thanks. next time. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> Have a great day.